0: July is the month of the precious blood of Jesus. This is the Terry and Jesse show. This is the holy hour of power. We promise you this is not low-energy Catholic radio. We're two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. This is the show where we engage the culture of death with prayer, truth, fasting, and full-contact Catholicism. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you? I'm
1: on duty, Brother Jess, and I'm excited because of the topic and the priest we're going to be interviewing we're going to be talking about one of the great saints, St. Saint Aloysius Gonzaga, a Jesuit. And we're going to be talking about the angels in a book that he wrote. And I think it's just awesome because we're living in times where we need to major on the fundamentals of our faith because of scandal in the church and keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. So I'm excited about that. Also, we have uh, some good news. Bishop Sheen has a a guest in on his train, St. Irenaeus. Wait till you hear what St. Irenaeus has to say to us today. And there's just Mm -hmm. much, much more good news stories, all that coming above. But before we get to that, Jess, my favorite part of the show is the gospel. And that's what you you give us our good news of. We call it soul food. Could you please do that for us, please?
0: Absolutely. Gospel of St. Matthew, Mm -hmm. chapter 10, verses 16 to 23. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I am sending you, like sheep in the midst of wolves. Mm. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment What you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes the gospel of the Lord
1: praise to you Lord Jesus Christ. you know it's, it's funny Terry, if this was
0: like a job application <laughs> yeah. and, and you were putting this okay, sign me I'm, up. Hi- I'm, I'm hiring disciples, I'm I'm, I'm hiring yeah. a, a evangelist yeah here's the qualifications. Okay? or yeah. or here's what's required.
1: Here's what's required?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send you like sheep <laughs> in the midst of wolves. Yeah. Uh, people are going to hand you over to courts and scourge you. You know what scourging is? Mm-hmm. Look at the movie The Passion of the Christ. Uh, children will rise up against parents and put them to death. You'll be hated by all. They will persecute you. Terry, you know the the Gospel of Jesus Christ is countercultural. Absolutely. The world tells us. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, wine, women, and song. Yep. That's the mantra of Satan. Yep. That's the mantra of do as you will. That is the whole of the law. There is no salvation, or as Fulton Sheen says it, there is no Easter without Good Friday. Amen. Life on planet Earth, let's just be honest. It's one big tritium, but at the end, we know how it ends, Terry.
1: And Jesse, that's why we continue to proclaim the perennial teachings of the church, because we've seen over the years how the world has infected the church. As a matter of fact, right now, the world is affecting the church in a real negative way, and we need to make reparation, as Bishop Athanasius Snyder so adequately stated this last Tuesday. On our show, and so that's why we do what we do because we want to proclaim the, the the teachings of Christ. But you know what's interesting about this gospel too, Jess? You said it months ago, years ago, that when you join the communist party, they sit you down and they say, "Here's what you got to do. You're going to have to leave everything to do this mission." And it's interesting. This is my take, Jess. That when you ask a lot of people, a lot of out of people to do things, really strong things. People will do it. But if you say, oh, well, just, you know, if you can, go to church on Sunday. But if you can't, that's okay. That doesn't cut it. What happens is the communists have picked up the real Christian religion where they make sacrifices to proclaim Christ because they believe it. And communists do the same thing. As a matter of fact, Jesse, Islam does the same thing.
0: Correct. That's what I was about to say.
1: <laughs> I just, it's, the point of it is, this gospel is for us today. So when they persecute us, and they are, okay. T- 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 and, and, they're, and they're doing it. Yeah. But you know what? To be expected. And, and don't fret over it. Don't go, oh, woe is me. Say, thank you, Jesus. Because you know what? You're a follower of Christ, and we know that life is short and eternity is forever. We're looking on this in the long term, Jess.
0: Terry, and it's funny you say that, but that communists and, and Islamists, yeah. they also look at at their goal in long term. Yeah, they, they they have, they see deep into uh, yeah. into the future. Right, and uh, and and they're patient. Yes, to to implement their their you know to hatch their plots. We as Catholics, we have to quit looking at the weekend.
1: Amen.
0: <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> too many Catholics, Terry, weekenders. They don't see beyond the weekend. Right. We have to see deep into the eyes of eternity, Terry. Man, Jess. Yeah, because it's only when you see beyond the weekend and you see that the Catholic faith, we, we have eyes that see deep into the eyes of eternity. That's when, that's when things make sense, and that's what puts gas in your gas
1: tank. All right, I'm going to be politically in, incorrect, Jess, but it's Friday, and I'm fired up on Fridays. When you do, what you just said reminds me that we have to look at the supernatural outlook of life. And when the church looks at... Hey, think, I'll just give you an example. The church looks say, hey, you know, on this abortion issue, we can't politicize it. That's a natural look on abortion. What's the supernatural outlook? The person, whether it's Pelosi or Biden, we, we care for their soul. So guess what? We're going to tell them to stop receiving Holy Communion because we see it on the supernatural level and some people in the church see it on the natural. The natural level... Oh yeah, but if we tell them not to do that, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be political. Well, who cares about the political when the supernatural yeah. should, should be on our top of our list? All right, I said it.
0: Couple of news items before we uh we yeah. interview. We got a great interview here. We got uh, Father Robert Nixon. He's going to be on the show. Oh yeah, he wrote a book. It's called Meditations on the Holy Angels, and he took much of this uh, from. Um, St. Aloysius Gonzaga. So we're going to be interviewing him in a wait. couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just a couple of things that are, are should be important for Catholics. Uh, for those of you that want to go through the catechism in a year, guess what? Father Mike Smiths he, he's announced his new podcast, Great. Catechism in a Year.
1: Awesome.
0: It starts January 1st. So, so the podcast will cover the entire catechism while providing an explanation, insight, and encouragement along the way. So that's something that you can that's do this awesome. summer. How about, uh, <clears throat> you know, Terry, the left talks about the summer of, of rage. Yes. Uh, those people that are on the pro-life movement on our side, we're talking about the summer of service.
1: <laughs> I love
0: Pro-abortion that. leaders have called for a summer of rage in response to the repeal of Roe versus Wade. However, while the abortion lobby may be choosing anger and violence... The pro-life movement is once again choosing love as Students for Life of America is declaring this summer to be the summer of service. I love it. And here's what the president of, 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 of uh, Students for Life said. As always, we will be focusing our efforts on uplifting pre-born children, empowering women, and helping families through unplanned pregnancies and beyond. How about uh, the Department of Education on Tuesday? They announced that it wants to recruit at least 250,000 tutors to help undo the damage to children's learning development that took place thanks to the the department's forced school closures. Uh, So so the Biden administration is scrambling to undo the damage they've done to kids in elementary schools. They said, together we can help all children make up for the unfinished learning, recover from the pandemic, and prepare for future success both inside and outside the classroom they made a, they made a mess Terry.
1: They really did, yes.
0: Last thing I want to mention sure. across the pond. Sure. The Dutch farmers
1: Oh yeah, that's important.
0: Ver, versus the uh, the green the, the Greenpeace uh, oh, new the, deal policies. The tree huggers. Yeah, the Dutch government recently decreed that it would cut 50% of pollutants in the Netherlands by 2030. That's a move that studies suggest will kill off some 30% of livestock farms in the country. Approximately 40,000 Dutch farmers gathered to rally against the green policy plan, blocking traffic throughout the country with their tractors. Some have even dumped hay bales on roads and small groups demonstrated at town and city halls. And in some cases, they started bonfires outside the buildings. Uh, ABC reported others have spread manure outside the offices of progressive government officials so
1: what happened in Canada is happening in the Netherlands territory people have had enough you got it let's bring the smartest guy into the room real quick Bishop Sheen oh and St. Irenaeus is with him Jess and I like this quote he says it is not you who shapes God but God who shapes you Jesse that is so appropriate because in the church and in the Just all over our our culture, we're redefining who God is. It's us. No. (laughs) And that's why I think St. Aaron nailed it. You know what? 1,800 years ago, and he said that. I'll repeat. It's not you who shapes God, but God who shapes you. Can I remind a couple liberal theologians that, Father Martin? You're not shaping God. God shapes us. We can't change the perennial teachings of the church. That's the message I got. Amen. All right. We come back. What what are we going to get, Jess? Yeah, up next, uh, we've got uh, Father Robert
0: Nixon. He wrote a book. It's called Meditations on the Holy Angels. It's it's put out by 10. He leans on the writings of St. Aloysius Gonzaga. We'll have him on and talk to him about a topic that interests every single one of us the Holy Angels.
1: Remember, the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Let's put them to work. And we're going to find out how to put them to work right after we come back. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We'd like to welcome Father Robert Nixon. He's all the way across the pond (laughs) in Australia, the land down under. Welcome, Father.
1: Father, can you hear us? We can't hear you yet, ah, but and father, your father, I can't wait. I hope you have an Australian accent, because we've got, he's written a book, and that's what we're going to be talking about, the angels in St. Aloysius Gonzaga, who's one of the great saints of the church. Can you hear us now, Father? Father can hear us, I think. Father, yeah, can you hear me? Raise you say, put your thumb up. No, Richard, okay. I can't see all that.
0: Father's father, mic, maybe your mic is off, can you? Father, check it? your mic, check your mic, make sure it's on. Father's in a check. Yep. We'll, Terry, we'll do a Hail Mary. Yep. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord, the Lord is with thee.
2: Blessed, blessed
0: art thou amongst women. women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit is the of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, this day at my sight, sight side
1: to light, light to, to guard, to, guard, to, to rule, rule and, and to guide. From sinful stain, oh, keep me free. And in that hour, my helper be. Amen. Yes, the, the angels are really a wonderful topic. Father, can, say
0: something. Oh, okay. Hey, there we go. Any sound now? Uh, okay, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Say, say Hail Mary,
3: Father. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of well, well, thy womb, Jesus.
1: I think we're still having some issues, Mister Engineer. Yeah. As everyone knows, we'll try. And yeah, maybe Mr. Reconnect Engineer, with
0: You him. got? Can you call him up? Can you call Father? We, we, I have his number there. Uh, it's on it's on the Google Calendar. Yeah, maybe you could call, call, call me. That would be great. Uh, I, we can hear enough. Father, you sounded I think we good got right now. now. Go you ahead, sounded Father. good right now, Father. Father, are, are, so talk to us. What diocese are you from? You a Benedictine? Good yeah, morning.
3: I, good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Benedictine. We're we're a Benedictine monastery here, We're the oldest uh, religious community in Australia, founded by the Spanish back in 1846, and right over on the western corner of Australia.
1: Wow. Well, God, you're young, and you're uh, I like that that you're a young. A benedictine monk and uh, that you're on fire i can see it in your eyes father god bless you Yeah, real
0: quick father how did you get the call to become a yeah, benedictine that's important. monk how, how how did you receive that call
3: go ahead father yeah well you know um, i i'd always knew that i was going to go into the service of the church but my first step was to go to a diocesan seminary. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of that time, I went to a this Benedictine monastery in Unionia for a retreat and I absolutely loved it and prayed about oh, a monk and um, and the wonderful life of prayer of consecrating the world to God through our work of prayer assisting all of humanity mm-hmm. by our prayers and intercession Good. So that's what we do here as Benedictines. father let me ask you a quick question. St. Benedict is a patron
0: saint of, of how many causes, of how many things?
3: Well, uh, innumerable things. But his biggest thing is he's the patron saint of uh, Europe. And by extension, uh, the patron saint of all Christendom. Wow. So, uh, you know, that he, he is really, uh, the Benedictine movement is, coincides with the spread of Christian culture throughout Europe. All right. Because here's the Benedictine here's, monasteries.
1: Yeah. Uh, awesome, Father Nixon. Here's a quick question. I went to Subiaco many years ago in 1982, and they had a crow sitting there. I want the people to know why does why does uh, the Benedictines have a love for a crow? Tell us how that crow uh, relates to Saint Benedict.
3: So you know, at one stage in. St. Benedict's life, his monks tried to poison him. Yes. They felt he was too strict <laughs> as an abbot. So they gave him some poisonous bread, and this crow swept out of the sky and snatched it from his hand. I love and it. Saved his life. Yep. So pretty amazing.
1: That's so, a great
0: story. Got plenty
3: of crows around our market. <laughs>
0: great story. Well, so well, let's Father, get, I'm, yeah, I'm holding this book here Meditations on the Holy Angels, St. Aloysius Gonzagas, put out by Ten. Can you tell us about the author, St. Aloysius Gonzaga? Why did you lean on him
3: to write the book? Yeah, So St. Aloysius Gonzaga is the patron saint of youth and of students. And he uh, died when he was very young. He died when he was 23, working in a hospital for victims of the plague. And uh, he's known as a great saint, but not many people know that he also wrote this book as well. And he had a tremendous devotion to the holy angels. And um, this writing, which was, it, you know, it was available in Latin, but um, never translated into English before. I just felt cool because it's so important in our life. And this St. Aloysius, uh, who was a wonderful model of innocence and purity and dedication and love. Um, I just wanted to bring it to light, you know, and uh, and Ten encouraged it, of course, because they saw that it was something which readers would also love and need. Father, what year did St. What, what Aloysius Gonzaga die? What year did he die? He died in, uh was 15, 1591, I believe, about mm-hmm.
1: 1591. Yep. Got it. Father, I always say that the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high and that we need to have a relationship with our guardian angel. And I I haven't got the copy yeah. of the book. I'd like to, I'm going to have to get a copy of that book because anything on the angels I want to study. So why don't you share with our listeners, what is the nature of angels and what kind of being are they i think it's a fundamental question about who the angels are
3: so so the angels are purely spiritual beings Mm -hmm. created by god before he created the rest of the universe Mm -hmm. and these beings are in an eternal relationship with god they kind of straddle the world of time and eternity Mm -hmm. and what's remarkable is we know from scripture and we know from human experience that god has assigned to every single human being a special guardian angel right and uh, that's something which uh, which we sometimes overlook i mean children think about it but sometimes you know you forget about it as you reach adulthood and uh, and ceases but the of course the guardian angel is still there every day protecting us and guiding us. father here's a couple the couple questions i want to ask you but
0: how does St. Aloysius develop his devotion to the holy angels? And uh, I, I guess he wrote the book first in Latin, didn't he? and, 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 and uh, you
3: took the Latin translation and translated it into English. Is that what happened? Yeah. or Indeed, indeed. So you know there are some stories about how he felt his life was saved by his guardian angel, you know and the first one was when he was very young, his dad, who was a great duke at the time. Uh, had brought him into battle just so he could see what it was like. And he got into this situation where the fighting turned out for real. And he would have been killed if it hadn't been for his guardian angel miraculously saving his life. He was about to be run over by a wagon. Then on a second occasion, he almost drowned while crossing a river. And, uh, you know, he he was about to die, but then miraculously was taken to the shore and held safely on this tree. And a third occasion when his bed caught fire. And, uh, you know, the only thing that saved his life was the guardian angel. So that's how his devotion to the holy angels arose. And it was said by people who knew him that he lived in this world like he was already uh, a soul in heaven. He lived a kind of angelic life, free uh, from the temptations of the flesh. But, but, yeah, he wrote this originally in Latin. He, would, he went to train to be a Jesuit at a young age. And he would have written this book during his uh, theological studies. And, of course, in those days, people did all their studies. They did all their reading, their writing, their spoken exams, or the liturgy, of course, in Latin. So it was, for him, uh, a language that he would have been uh, pretty much perfectly fluent in.
0: Father, did a, what order was St. Aloysius
3: Gonzaga? What, was he a diocesan? Jesuit. He, uh, <laughs> a Jesuit. Yes, yeah, so so he, uh, yes, he, after careful discernment, he decided to enter the Jesuits. And this was, of course, a, a great, a difficult thing to do because he was the heir to the great uh, duchy of Mantua and he re- renounced it all yeah. to, to enter this religious life of the Jesuits.
1: That was at the beginning. Caroline and
3: also of St. Charles'
1: Yeah. Father, that was really at the beginning of the Jesuit order, right? I mean, that's when the formation was just uh, phenomenal. And let me ask you, did St. Ignatius of Loyola have any influence on him?
3: Uh, Well, St. Ignatius of Loyola would have passed away by that time, Mm -hmm. but... Um, he did have uh, St. Charles Borromeo oh, preparing God. him to receive Holy Communion. Wow. And he had also St. Uh, Robert Bellamine as his kind of spiritual director. There and you... it was actually St. Robert Bellamine who pushed to have him canonized after his death. Wow. So, Birds yeah. of the feather surrounded by. Feathers. Wow. wow. That's beautiful. Indeed.
0: Indeed. Father, Here's a here's a question a lot of Catholics have. Can you tell us about the celestial hierarchy? Uh, the nine choirs of angels and when did yeah. this come when did this come yeah. about so, and who gave us the list?
3: Ah well, very interesting question. So um, the celestial hierarchy we've got these different levels of angels, mm-hmm. three groups of three. so we've got the seraphim, the cherubim, the thrones, the dominations, the powers, the virtues, the principalities, the archangels and the angels. And it's only these two lowest groups, the archangels and the angels, which actually interact with us in this world. The other angels are concerned with service of God in heaven and for the highest ranks, pure contemplation. How we got got to know these ranks, um, a couple of things. They're mentioned in one of St. Paul's letters and he gives us the list of names. Um, We're also a very important early writer of the church. uh, Saint Dionysius, uh, who wrote a book called The Celestial Hierarchy, Mm. in which he describes all of these things in detail, and they've been confirmed also by visions to numerous saints. So, you know, we we know this is how we know about the celestial hierarchy. But as Saint Aloysius points out in his book, we don't know the exact details of it. So there's a lot we don't know.
1: I understand. Let me jump in and ask this question, because I know Tan Books is your publisher. So can people go directly to tan.com and pick up your book, Father?
3: Absolutely. So it's available through Tan Books. You can order it uh, online there. You can also order it through Amazon Book Depository, the usual retailers do.
1: Got
0: it. Wow. Yeah, but we want to support Catholic publishing so Yeah, we
1: we I'll be we'll direct all the way across the pond. We we don't we used to get um, support from Amazon. We don't tell people to buy anything at Amazon anymore. Go to 10books.com and yep, get the Beatitations on the Holy Angels. Or our bo- Catholic bookstore. Yeah,
0: or any Catholic bookstore yeah. uh yeah. it's a it's a it's a, the English translation was done by Father Robert Nixon. We have him on on studio right now. Or at least uh, from across the pond. And he took this translation from St. Aloysius Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a book that anybody who's remotely interested in this topic, and this is something that has to be on your shelf. It's called Meditations on the Holy Angels, tanbooks.com. Tanbooks.com. Father, don't go anywhere. We've got more questions to ask you. Absolutely. About uh, About your wonderful book.
1: Yeah, we want to talk more about the angels. Let's do it. Here at the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. Learn about how to get closer to your angel and therefore getting closer to God. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We have the honor of having Father Robert Nixon from across the pond, Australia, the land down under. He wrote a book called Meditations on the Holy Angels. It's an English translation from St. Aloysius Gonzaga. And uh, we're asking him all kinds of questions about angels. Uh, Father, here's here's another one that a lot of people have. St. Aloysius, he names only three angels. He names only three angels in his work. Can you hear me, father?
3: Yes, I can. can.
0: Okay, great. Okay. So the question is St. Aloysius names only
3: three angels in his work. Why is this? Well, we have the names of three angels given to us in sacred scriptures. So these ones are Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Now, um, According to extra-canonical works of scripture, so we've got like the fourth book of Esdras, the book of Enoch, um, there are other names as well for the seven archangels in the presence of God, Uriel, Siatiel, Jehudiel and Barakiel. Now the official policy of the church, though, is that we only know for sure three names, and they're the ones given in sacred scripture. So. the the practice of naming other angels is something which uh say Aloysius stays clear of Um, because at the time there were a lot of superstitious type of books about all different names of angels to invoke and so forth so this was getting onto the borderline of the occult so he stays clearly away from that and sticks to the three we know from scripture michael gabriel and raphael
1: that makes sense makes sense father quick question what's the role of the guardian angel in our lives and how should this angel be venerated and also prayed to?
3: Well, the guardian angel does a lot of things. Firstly, it, it protects us, you know, and in innumerable ways which we probably don't even perceive. Mm-hmm. Think of all the difficulties, difficulties, dangers that we go through every day. It also counsels us, mm-hmm. you know, it provides us with advice through our conscience, um, through through its. Uh, you know, direct sharing of God's wisdom. So I think we should thank our guardian angel every day because every day it protects us and serves us.
0: So. Well said, Father. Here's a question that non-Catholics would have, since uh, you know we're talking with we Catholic priests. This is a Catholic conversation. Some Catholics may may ask, do only Catholics get guardian angels, or do only the <laughs> baptized get guardian angels? How would you respond
3: to that? No. No, we every human soul created by God has a guardian angel, a soul to take care of it. And because God wants not only Catholics to be saved, but he wants other people to come to the truth of the faith and, you know, to become Catholics and to be saved as well. So yeah, the guardian angel is at work for everyone, not only baptized Catholics. And of course, you think about the people in the Old Testament Tobit, for example, he wasn't a baptized Catholic, of course, but we read all about his guardian angel leading him on his journey. So, so yeah, everyone has got a guardian angel.
1: Well said. Father, Our Lady of Fatima, the message there, uh, you have the angels uh, always, well, the angels come in for the Eucharistic prayer. They talk about making reparation for sacrilegious before the blessed sacrament. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. It seems to me that uh, as time has been going on, the angels have been getting more active in the church's life. We have feast days uh, that are being done in October. Uh, the little flower also had such great love for the guardian angel. Uh, am I on to something? Is, is it seem like the angels are playing a bigger role in the church today?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, they they did play an important role in the past, but then perhaps in the 20th century became a lot less uh, in people's consciousness. But that's coming back these days. And I think people are increasingly recognising this. This is the work of God. Mm -hmm. People recognising, you know, the beauty, the magnificence of the angels as servants of God and also experiencing their effect in their own lives. So it's such an important devotion. And this is something St. Aloysius uh, encourages us in the same way that we give uh, thanks to, to the, the saints, to the people who help us in, in, in our regular life. So also we should thank the angels and venerate them highly too because yeah. the angels are also saints, yeah. the holy angels. They're saints, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. F- Father Nixon, why do we call the three
0: angels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael? Why do we call them archangels? Does, does there, is there something within that word yeah. arch that separates them?
3: Yeah. So <laughs> archangel indicates the, the kind of higher, um, you know, rank of angels. Right. So these are the more exalted ones. So we've got Michael, who's identified as being the leader of the heavenly host, the, the prince of the army of heaven. Um, And, of course, Gabriel, which means the strength of God, who was entrusted with the world-changing, world-saving work of the Annunciation to the Blessed Virgin. And Raphael, who's regarded as, his name means, the medicine of God, and he is the uh, prototype or the model of of the guardian angel for every person.
1: Got it. Father, I had a quick question about St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Aloysius Gonzaga. Was there any connection? Did St. Aloysius Gonzaga read uh, anything on St. Thomas regarding the angels? That's my question.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at the time when uh, Aloysius Gonzaga was living... Thomas Aquinas' writings were like the standard theology for all theological students. So he would have been reading Thomas Aquinas inside out. Yeah. And, and what he writes is perfectly consistent with all of uh, Thomas's teaching. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. um, you know, uh, Thomas Aquinas is, some, is a figure that's that's shining through in his writing as well.
1: That's yeah. what I figured, yeah.
0: Father, yeah. Father Nixon, can, some Catholics will ask the question, can I name my guardian angel... <laughs> has the church said anything uh, about yeah. that
3: question? Yeah, yeah, yes. In fact, it has. Yes. Uh, not not so much in recent times, but it discourages that practice. As I mentioned before, there are only three angels whose names the church says we know for sure. Um, there are another four who are kind of, you know, there, supported by uh, authoritative writings. But as for your own guardian angel, um, I think, no, the church advises not to do that. And, you know, we hear the story uh, in relation to the birth of Samson, where the angel says, why do you ask my name? For it is wonderful. So to be content with the fact that God gives us this guardian angel, we can thank the guardian angel, pray through its intercession and so forth. But... But you know, try try to work out the name is not something which the church advises. Father, the reason is that it can border onto superstition or the right. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Father Nicholson okay. qu- yes, yeah. that's a great great answer. Quick question. Mom and dad have a son or daughter left the faith. The principle of of praying to their son or daughter's guardian angel to intercede in their life to bring them back to the faith. Is this a good practice?
3: You know, I think it's a wonderful practice because as I mentioned, the guardian angel doesn't only protect, but it inspires at a supernatural level mm-hmm. and also at the level of thoughts and conscience. Yeah. So the guardian angel is wanting us to be not only healthy, but also, and this means being in relation to God and, and being in unity with the church. Yeah. So yeah, very good idea indeed. You know, um, and, and the, the guardian angel is ever present Most powerful force to bring people back into union with the faith. Faith.
0: Father, I I know that human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. Can it be said also that angels are made in the image and likeness of God?
3: No, no, not in the same way that human beings are. So human beings have this special privilege uh, of, of having this image of God. And for this reason, uh, in the fullness, in the consummation of things, the angels uh, will actually rank lower than the human soul because it's the human soul which has this unique image and likeness of God. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Father, how about this question regarding um, the value of of teaching our children that our guardian angel is with us at all times and that should help us Uh, Stay close to Jesus, because knowing that your guardian angel is with you, uh, little Johnny or Mikey or or Mary will know that, uh, you know, God is with them at all times. But to know that that guardian angel is there to help them to get closer to Jesus, and you're teaching your children at that early age, devotion to our guardian angel. Isn't that a, a really a good point to instill into our youth?
3: It is. Very much so. And, you know, children um, and youth are in need of protection in so many ways. So to know that presence is there. And I think also um, in teaching it, not to make it just a a childish thing, you know, which uh, I guess for me, at least, I thought about the guardian angel when I was really little. But then as I got older, I stopped a little bit and then it came back to me through this book. But you know, um, to realize it's also something which adults should keep in mind as well—that we've got this protection too. So, so it's a lifelong thing, a lifelong devotion too.
1: Well said,
0: Father. Can it can it be said that one of the assignments of the guardian angels protect us from fallen angels? Is that would that would the saints agree with that statement?
3: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, we, we know there are good angels, but there's also a, a tremendous multitude of fallen angels, of evil spiritual entities in our world. And we certainly need the protection for our salvation. So there are these uh, evil spirits, demons, fallen angels, elemental spirits, so forth, that are working for our harm. And the guardian angel is so important not only in the field of our physical safety, but also in making us choose the right decisions, you know, in in swaying our souls to choose what is right, what brings us to God. So we need this protection against the evil forces, which are so prevalent in our world today.
1: We want to recommend people to go to tanbooks.com to pick up Father's book. And it's under Father Robert Nixon. It's called Meditations on the Holy Angels. Meditations on the Holy Angels, tanbooks.com. And and he's going from St. Aloysius Gonzaga, great saint of the church, and he translated it from Latin to English, and now we get to read it. Wonderful, Father. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We'd like to thank Father Robert Nixon, who's uh, been on with us for two segments. He wrote a book called Meditations on the Holy Angels. Get the book, tanbooks.com, tanbooks.com. Get the book. Father, I know it's probably evening out there in the land down under. I just got one more question before we wrap it up. Last question is, who gave us the prayer to our guardian angel, angel of God. By God. <laughs> who gave us that prayer? That's a good question.
3: Yeah. Look, you know, I'm not actually sure who originally composed that prayer. Wow. Uh, but that's a very good question. Uh, you know, but a lot of these prayers uh, were written anonymously. So the people who wrote them, especially if they're priests or monks or nuns or whatever, choose not to put their name with it. But I, I, I'm not absolutely sure a good question I'll have to look it up myself Father just
1: just a quick note when we pray this prayer O angel of God my guardian dear to whom God's love commits me here forever this day be at my side to light to guard to rule and guide and we add this from sinful stain O keep me free and in that's hour, my helper be have you heard that part also added on
3: yeah I have and I think that's that's a wonderful thing isn't it because uh you know, uh, the protection from sin and this final hour, which is so critical for each, each one of us. Amen. We need all the help Amen. we can get.
1: F- Father, you're a good man to so do what you're doing. Forward. Yeah, we just want to thank you for getting up late tonight to yeah. be with us on our show. Fun. And uh, may God bless you folks. Go to Tam Books, pick up Father's book. Again, his name is Father Robert Nixon. The we'll title have him on again. We'll yeah. have on again. Yeah. Sure. Title yep. of the book, Jess? Uh, The title of the
0: book is on the Holy Angels. And keep up the good work. Father, give us a blessing before you go.
3: Give us a blessing.
1: Amen. God be with you and your angel. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Father. Wow, that's great, Jess. I love the angels. So that's yeah. beautiful. All there, right, let's there, get to our yeah, next one. Yeah, we topic. want to
0: talk about, there's an article by Monsignor Charles Pope says, is there a specific Bible that Catholics should oh, yes. use?
1: Good. Yep.
0: Yeah, here's Monsignor Pope answers this question from somebody who asked him. Yep. Somebody from Los Angeles actually. That's right, in, right in my backyard. Yeah, he said, so he answered, the King James Version of the Bible was never a standard for the Catholic Church. Nope. It was commissioned in 1604 mm-hmm. and published in 1611 for the Church of England by sponsorship of King James VI. The books of the current King James Version include 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament. The original King James Version uh, the, uh, included the books of the ancient and Catholic Old Testament, Tobith, Judith, Wisdom, Sirach, Baruch, 1st and 2nd Maccabees. Here's the kicker. This is interesting right here. By 1769, <laughs> this, however, I knew
1: I didn't know this.
0: The King James Version had dropped these seven Old Testament exactly. books and conformed itself to the shorter Protestant canon... I wondered list, about that. Yes. ...of Old Testament. Yeah. Hence, for Catholics, the King James Bible is incomplete.
1: That's right.
0: Lacking these books that were in the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament that we use at the time of Christ... Mm-hmm. These had been read by the Christians since the apostolic era and for more than 1,500 years until Martin Luther eliminated them. (laughs) It is impossible to deny the lofty beauty of the King James Bible. It is an English masterpiece worthy of Shakespeare. It was written in an intentionally majestic style to emphasize the sacredness of the biblical text. And while it can certainly edify, there are times when it can be more difficult to understand. For example, when Pilate handed Jesus over, the King James renders it in John nineteen sixteen quote, then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away, yeah, close quote. Yeah. You see how choppy that is. Of it's course. Not, yeah, that's just not the way we talk here in twentieth in yeah. 21st century America. Yeah. Gorgeous English, to be sure, Father Monsignor Pope writes, but the phrase, he, him, therefore, unto them, can vex the inexperienced reader or speaker of the text. That's
1: right.
0: Or for another example, in the resurrection appearance of the first Easter evening, in Luke chapter 24, verse 40 to 41, the King James says the following, quote, And when he had thus spoken, he shewed them his hands and his feet, and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? Close quote. Again, beautiful language. But while yet they believed not for joy and wondered, that's complex. That's not very clear. The 21st century
1: American is not going to understand what that means, Terry. Oh, big time. And again, the standard translation for us Catholics was once the Dewey Reams Bible. I still have it on my shelf, Jesse. I mm-hmm. I love that. I go to that often. Yeah. It's actually an older English translation than the King James. That surprises people when I tell them that. The Dewey Reams was published in 1582. Its language is an older style but less lofty. As such, it is more understandable to modern readers. I would agree with that. It also has the Old Testament books that are missing King James for more traditional Catholic Dewey Reams is favored due to its time-tested quality and is used scriptural translations of the old Missal. Jess, what about for Catholics in today, general? Yeah,
0: so you'll find the Dewey Reams is using the TLM Mass and the TLM TLM missals, Of course. So, for Catholics in general today, the most commonly used translations are the Revised New American Bible, R-N-A-B, and the Revised... The Revised Standard Version. I like that one. which is that, I prefer that one, by the way. Yep, me too. It's RSVCE. And the Jerusalem Bible. The NRAB emphasizes readability. That's uh, the, the Revised New American Bible. That's basically, it's, it's more of a paraphrase. Paraphrase, that's the word I use. Yep. And because it's used for the lectionary at Mass, mm-hmm. it's recognizable to most Catholics. Right. The RSVCE is more accurate in its translation and more scholarly. By the way, that's the translation that John Paul II preferred. And that's the translation that, that went into the New Catechism yep. in 1994. It's the RSVCE. The Jerusalem Bible is also very readable and has good footnotes and cross links. Further, all of these newer translations take advantage of the most recent biblical discoveries. Many ancient manuscripts have been discovered since the 16th century that have helped to clarify textual puzzles in the ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, since you want to read both Study the Bible, the RSVCE is probably the best. There are also some good Bible studies, such as the Didache Bible or the Ignatius Study Bible, which I really like. And then, like Jesse said earlier in the show, Father Mike Schmidt also has a good podcast called The Bible in a Year. Lots of good resources.
0: Yeah, a lot of good information right there, uh, and, and and how important is it to read the Bible for us as Catholics? Well, let me give you a doctor of the Church, and I'll tell you how important it is to read the Bible. Saint Teresa of Avila died in 1582. She said this: "All the troubles of the Church." <laughs> this is great. All the evils in the world. Yeah. Think about the LGBT movement in the Church and in the world. Okay, yeah. I think it was she said, "All the troubles of the Church." all the evils in the world flow from this source that men do not by clear and sound knowledge and serious consideration penetrate into the truths of sacred scripture. Amen. Terry, how many he verses nailed- are there in the Old Testament and New Testament yeah. condemning sodomy, homosexuality as a yeah. lifestyle? And again, people just read that Biden, Pelosi, yeah. bishops in our church and priests, they ignore it. They ignore, and this is St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, says this is why we have a mess in the church and a mess in the world. Because people don't take the Bible serious. The stories are in there. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the, the the great flood of the days of Noah. Yeah. St. Paul's admonitions to the Corinthians. But guess what, Terry. People do not take the word of God serious, just like St. Teresa of Avila said. So what happens? We
1: have evil in the church and evil in the world. Well said, St. Teresa of Avila. And also that goes back to what St. Irenaeus said earlier in our show. It's not you who shapes God, but God who shapes you. See, this is the problem right now. We live in a world where people are saying, no, 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 I've got a better idea. I am you know, I I understand what's in the Bible, but you know what? People are saying it so boldly. They're saying, hey, they're, the Bible's wrong. I'm right. Yeah. They're their own God, and this is the yep. problem, and that's why we, we're going to continue never to compromise on the Catholic faith, Jesse. No matter who says it, we're going to say, how does that stand with the catechism, the Bible, and the perennial teachings of the church? And that's how we operate here at Virgin Most Powerful.
0: Terry, and you know what a lot of the, the modernists in the church, what they'll do? Tell me, brother. Instead of saying like outright because they don't they don't want to oh, cross yeah. that line yeah. they won't say like Father James Martin and the German bishops they won't say the Bible's wrong here's what they'll say we need to change the Bible and update it it has to catch up to modern times so notice what they they basically they said the same thing yeah. they said the Bible's wrong yeah. But they, without saying it, that way they don't cross the line. That way yeah. you can't call them, hey, you're a heretic. You yeah. just said that's formal heresy. So they'll go right to the line and they'll say, we need to change the Bible because it has to ca- catch up to modern times. Yeah. See what they do, Terry, the of way that course. the sleight of hand, they do that because they don't want to cross the line. So because then you and me and others are going to say, Ben, you crossed the line. You just espouse formal
1: heresy. Yeah, and that's why Clarity with Charity is our model here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You know, the most merciless thing we can do is let someone wallow in their sin. No, we want to straight up tell them, hey, this is what the gospel says. I mean, you're endangering yourself for the salvation of your soul to going to hell for all eternity. If I did, if I love you, I'm going to tell you to not do that. But if I don't love you, I'm going to say, hey, I don't want to offend you. I don't think that's love, not wanting to offend somebody, Jess. I think what that is, is being a coward. Okay, I said it.
0: Yeah, and the Bible is also given to us, as it says, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. What does it mean to be trained in righteousness, to become holy? In other words, the Bible trains us to become holy so that we may be equipped for every good work. Amen, this brother. is why the Bible is probably the
1: Catholic Church's greatest heirloom. Terry, of course it is. It's God's word. Hey, Jess, we uh, we uh, want to just encourage everyone to get the confession as soon as often as possible, at least once a month. We want to encourage you to get Eucharistic adoration, making reparation for the sacrileges that are going on in the church today. Yes, they are, and we need to do that. That's what Snyder's Bishop Snyder, told yeah. us, and and also get to Mass. The greatest prayer there is on the planet. Make reparation through visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Get your rosary out or you're not on the team. Don't forget Our Lady said, hey, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. And finally, Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother?
0: Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace, uh, and let's do everything possible not to live in a state of mortal sin. Remember, life is short and eternity is forever. Become holy or die trying.
1: Well said. Thanks again for joining us here. Thanks for your support here at VMPR.org. May God richly bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. God love you. Bullshit ahead here.